Welcome to the New Life Lutheran Podcast, where new life in Christ is celebrated and we explore together how to live the Christian life with excellence. Thanks for listening today. You can find our podcast at nllutheranpodcast.com. You can subscribe on Podbeam, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play Music. If you have any questions for Pastor Eric or would like to suggest topics for our podcast, you can email Pastor Eric at erik.anderson at nllutheran.com. So we're continuing on our sermon series called Unmasked. And over the last four weeks, we've been exploring how Christians wear masks. And not like the masks that you and I are wear when we go to the grocery store or to Menards or something like that. Uh, not, not necessarily the mask that where it's just the nose and the face. So it's not a coronavirus mask, but we're talking about a full face mask that's meant to hide or disguise somebody. You see, in John 13, Jesus tells us, he tells his disciples that the world will know that they are his disciples by their love for one another. And as you and I both know, uh, Christians aren't exactly known for their love in our world. And so we've been exploring over the last four weeks these masks that Christians wear that actually disguise our love. And they hide the Holy Spirit and they hide Jesus uh, from our world. And this is a challenging sermon series because we're really looking at uh, a lot of the, the hot issues that really affect non-Christians and Christians alike. So we've talked about things like uh, money, the, the mask of greed and of being money hungry. We've talked about that. We've talked about uh, the mask of, you know, of being tribal, of, of not welcoming people who don't look or sound like us, the mask of politics and those types of things that actually end up hiding Jesus. They end up hiding the Holy Spirit from uh, the world. And today we're going to continue that, that on. We're going to actually look at another issue that's, uh, again, a, a, one of the main reasons that people leave the church or stay away from the church, and that's hypocrisy. Uh, I'm sure that you've heard, if you're a Christian or non-Christian, that Christians are hypocrites, that, that we wear the mask of hypocrisy. And actually, this week as I've been studying, that's actually a reason that people highlight why, they've, why they leave the church or why they don't go to church is because Christians are hypocrites. I was talking to some of our staff last night after service, and I just, you know, Pastor Ben, he constructs these, these sermon series. He, he curates them, um, and then him and I teach them. And I told some of our staff last night that I think that Pastor Ben created this sermon series just to make me really angry at people. Uh, because what I didn't want to do this week was to spend the week thinking about how people are hypocrites and thinking about how Christians are hypocrites, and thinking about how I am a hypocrite. That is not how I wanted to spend my week, uh, but that is how I spent uh, several hours of my week this last week, is dwelling on and thinking about hypocrisy in the church. And there, there were moments where I was mad. I mean, really, really mad. And I'll tell you, as a, as a pastor, I've been a pastor now for just over five years, and um, many, if not all, of the accusations against Christians uh, being hypocrites. Many of those accusations, if not all of those accusations, are completely and totally warranted and deserved by Christians. Um, 
We are hypocrites. Christians are hypocrites. And today we're going to see what Jesus had to say about hypocrisy. And we're also going to think a little bit about um, the world, how many of us, the whole world is really affected and hurt by hypocrisy. And also what really our only solution (laughs) out of hypocrisy is. But we're going to jump into the scripture and our uh, passage from this morning is from Matthew chapter Six And uh, if you listened to the sermon last week, some of this is going to sound pretty familiar. Uh, and if you haven't listened to the sermon from last week, you can catch up on YouTube. We have the videos archived there. Or we also have our podcast, the New Life Lutheran Podcast. Uh, you can just Google that or search it on uh, whatever podcast streaming platform you use. And uh, you, you'll find all of our sermons there. But you're going to hear a lot of similarities between the passage last week about money and the passage this week about prayer, and it's because they're part of the same teaching. Uh, This is actually right after that passage about money, and this is what Jesus says. And whenever you pray, and that and is he just taught about money, about giving money, and, and now he's moving on to a different topic. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. So Jesus begins this uh, teaching on prayer. And like I said, a couple of those phrases are almost exactly like the phrases that we heard last week in Jesus' teaching about giving money. And so Jesus is talking about prayer, and prayer is this connection with God. It's this connection with the Father where we communicate with him. And uh, soon after this teaching, he actually gives us the Lord's Prayer, which is Jesus' kind of condensed way of showing us the categories and the priority of of prayer and how we should prioritize our prayers. And uh, so it's a way for us to connect with God. It's a way for him to give us his Holy Spirit and to give us and kind of download his mission and his work and his kingdom into our lives. And so Jesus is saying that Prayer is a good thing, but when you pray, you should be praying, but when you do pray, don't be like the hypocrites. And the reason that he calls them hypocrites is because they go to the synagogue, which is their church building at the time. Uh, They go to the synagogues and they go out to the street corners and they pray there. And the reason they pray out in these public spaces is so that they may be seen by others. Do you see the problem here? that if prayer is this connection with God, these people are doing this work of connecting with God, but doing it in such a way that they may be seen by others. And Jesus says, truly I tell you, they have received their reward. That should sound familiar from last week. He continues, but whenever you do pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. So when you pray, do it in secret. Don't show off. Don't do it so others can see you because God sees in the secret. He knows you. He knows all of your secrets. He knows everything about you. And so you don't need to do prayer publicly. You can do it privately. Or you don't need to do it so that others can see you. You need to do it so that you can connect with God, right? So he's kind of saying prayer, is, prayer in its proper place is a connection with God. And so um, as 
we talk about this issue of hypocrisy, Jesus highlights that hypocrites do this work of praying so that they can be seen by others. And we can, we can safely um, put this idea of hypocrisy back onto what we talked about last week with people who give uh, generously only to be seen. We can say that they're hypocrites too, right? So Jesus kind of says this idea of hypocrisy is doing things so others can see you. And this week I was doing a lot of study, reading a lot of uh, uh, science journals and psychological journals to understand how, um, how the sciences are talking about hypocrisy. And there were lots of variations about the science of hypocrisy and how it works. And you know, some writers would say, well, uh, hypocrisy happens when there's any sort of moral absolute. Uh, so anytime you say something like, you should never lie, Inevitably, you're going to lie, even if it's to your, you know, your two-year-old child, and sometimes you just have to tell a half-truth because the truth is too big for a two-year-old to understand, right? So sometimes you kind of have to give a half-truth or a half-lie in order just the child to understand some things, even if they can't understand everything. So anytime you have any moral absolute, you should never lie, you should never steal, you should never cheat, um, that's when you enter into the realm of hypocrisy. And that's... I don't quite buy into that because at the end of the day, there are some things that are just wrong, right? And some things that are just right. So I, didn't, I don't really buy that. Uh, I don't think that's a good definition of what hypocrisy is. Some uh, writers that I read would say, well, hypocrisy is uh, anytime you have a double standard. Anytime you say one person needs to meet such and such a burden of proof or one person has to do this, but I don't have to do this because of X, Y, and Z. And I think that that might be closer to hypocrisy. That's certainly how we use hypocrisy in our day is when you tell someone to do something but then you don't do that thing. You hold somebody else to a higher standard than you. But I don't think, again, that that's quite right because again, my child holds me to a higher standard than I hold my child and that's warranted, right? Because my child is almost three, my oldest son is almost three and I'm almost 30, right? So there's certainly something, obviously there's, there's a difference there in what we can expect from people. So I don't really buy that either. I'm not really sure the double standard thing is really what hypocrisy is. And so that leads us back to what Jesus says here about what hypocrisy is. And his definition of hypocrisy is doing a thing in order to be seen by others. He talked about it with giving generously. Now he talks about it with prayer. Doing something in order to be seen by others, and really the, the implication here is that so others will think better of you or will think something about you which maybe isn't the full truth or necessarily the truth. And I think this is probably the best definition of hypocrisy, and go figure, Jesus would have the best definition of something, but I think this might be the best definition of hypocrisy. The hard thing is, is that if that's our definition of hypocrisy, then I am a hypocrite. You are a hypocrite because you and I, I know this is true. Maybe I'll just tell you this about myself and you'll know it's true about you too. I go about my day and more often than not, throughout my day there are times where I try to seem better than I actually am, right? And it may not even be necessarily dishonest, right? It might just be a half-truth or a half lie 
about something I've done or haven't done or this type of thing, but we go throughout our day, we go throughout our life, and we are constantly trying to make us seem a little bit better than we are. I know that's true about me. I also know that's true about you. That none of us are actually completely honest with ourselves or with our neighbor or with God. And in the sociological and cultural world, there's a term for this that, that happens um, on social media. It's called virtue signaling. Um, and this is when you say a phrase or you kind of like have some words in a post or in some sort of correspondence that uh, shows that you fall on one side of an issue or another. So think about hashtag black lives matter or hashtag all lives matter, right? This is a way for us to signal I'm on one side of the issue or the other. And then we kind of become activists on social media where we attempt to show that we are doing something about whatever issue it is that we're um, passionate about at the time. And I know we're seeing a lot of that right now, but it uh, doesn't necessarily just happen in really tense times. This happens all the time. Uh, there's all this kind of virtue signaling. Politicians do it. Leaders do it. Individuals do it. And that's kind of, that comes from the same place that hypocrisy comes from, is that we try to say the right things, do the right things in such a way that others see it and think something about us. That's hypocrisy. It's trying to make ourselves seem better than we actually are. I'll, I'll repeat myself. I've been a pastor now for five years, and the accusations of hypocrisy that are leveled against Christians are entirely deserved. Because we go throughout our life and we pretend that we're better than we actually are which we'll get to Christians here in a little bit. But this happens in the secular world too. It's not just virtue signaling on social media, uh, but this happens in the secular world all the time. We, we try to put up a front that we have it more together than we actually do. And there's an example, this became really obvious to me a couple weeks ago, um, when I heard some news from a, some, from a self-help guru that's very, very popular right now. And this individual, um, they've uh, been very popular for several years. They have several books out. Um, they have a whole business centered around this kind of self-help empire that they've built. And their whole stick is vulnerability, is wrestling with the things that you don't do well in order to do them better, right? The whole thing is to, to face and to embrace your failures, to embrace your imperfections, um, to stop apologizing for all the things you do wrong and grow out of them rather than just dwelling and feeling bad about them, but actually embracing them and growing out of them. And this person and their spouse, they've had a marriage podcast about two and a half years that kind of focuses on the same thing. The whole thing is around vulnerability, embracing your weaknesses, embracing your failures and growing out of them. And they've had this podcast, a wildly successful podcast. They have a wildly successful business. They have a wildly, wildly successful books and blogs and articles. And two weeks ago, they announced they were getting a divorce. So for two and a half years, they were just feeding this line of vulnerability. They were just feeding this line of, uh, of how to be happily married for two and a half years. And we find out from their, from their announcement that for the past three years, 
they've been struggling and going to therapy and dealing with that. And never once in their podcast, in their articles, never once do they mention that. You see, this couple fell into the web of hypocrisy that even vulnerability just became a thing to be used to show that they were growing when in fact things were falling apart, when in fact things were going very bad. They weren't being honest with themselves. They weren't being honest with their customers. They weren't being honest with their consumers. They were kind of feeding this line of BS about vulnerability and they were using vulnerability in order to hide the truth, to make themselves look better than they are. Which leads me to, this is not from the Lord, this is from Pastor Eric. I hate self-help everything. So if you have self-help books, if you listen to self-help podcasts, take your books, throw them in the garbage, unsubscribe from the podcasts. All self-help is not helpful. I hate it. Get rid of it. That's my, that is not from any revelation from the Lord. That is me, my personal opinion. Get rid of your self-help junk because they're frauds. They're all frauds. So we see it in the secular world. But we also see it in the Christian world. Because here's the deal. If that self-help guru is a fraud, then I'm a fraud too. I'm a fraud, you're a fraud, because we do the exact same thing that they do. We go throughout our life and we just make ourselves seem better than we actually are. And with Christians, it's particularly, we're particularly vulnerable to this. Because week in and week out, we gather together, we see our, we see our friends at church, we, there, there are all these kinds of rules that we have that uh, make us feel good about ourselves, right? We have all these kind of unspoken, maybe even unspoken rules about, well, you know, we all need to be reading scripture every day and praying every day and doing our devotions and, and we can actually hide behind those things and give the false, uh, give the false notion that we are in fact healthy and growing and changing and being transformed. We can actually hide behind our scripture reading. And it all comes back to what Jesus says here, that if it's for, it's, if it's for others to be seen, it's destructive, it's hypocritical. And I know many of us read our scriptures or do our devotions just because we know someone's gonna ask or just so we can kind of drop, oh, well, I read this this other day, or I read this on Thursday, or oh, I saw this on, on this day. We can drop those hints that we're doing, we can virtue signal that we're doing the right things, even if it's for the wrong reason. We pray just so we can say, yeah, I'll pray for you, and I've been praying for you. You see, it's for others to be seen. And even doing a good thing for a bad reason it's destructive because it makes us hypocrites. Um, here's the deal, guys. You and I, we are hopelessly trapped in this cycle of making ourselves seem better than we actually are. Christians, 
are grade A hypocrites. And so when people hurl accusations against Christians for being hypocrites, the only thing we can say is, yes, we are. We are. And I am the chief among the hypocrites. It's almost compulsive for us. It's, it's compulsive for me, where things will just fall out of my mouth without me even thinking about them. Little half-truths or little half-lies that make, it seem, make me seem better than I am. We compulsively do this all the time, always putting the best construction on our own thoughts and our own deeds in order to make ourselves seem better than we are. We are hopeless hypocrites. And there's nothing that really we can do about it. We wear the mask of hypocrisy. We go in day in and day out, always making ourselves seem better than we are. Our world does it. We do it. We hide behind it at church. We hide behind it in our relationship with our friends. We hide behind it in our relationship with our spouse and with our kids. We all try to make ourselves seem better than we actually are. And you know, this week, as I've been reading and researching hypocrisy and just, I just keep getting angrier and angrier at myself and at Christians and at the world around me, everything that I've read and everything that I've researched has not given any escape hasn't given any release, hasn't given any way to grow. Some articles don't even try. They don't even try to offer any suggestions. They just say, this is the reality, this is what hypocrisy is, and then they move on. Even Christian articles that I read, when they did offer solutions, you know what those solutions were? Read your Bible, pray more, get an accountability partner, do all the things that we're already doing just to fake it, right? all the things that we're already doing just so people know that we're doing them. Really the only answer that any of the articles or any of the things that I read this week as I researched this topic, the only option they give was, well, just try harder. Just do more, and then you won't be a hypocrite anymore. But do you see the issue? If we do something, if we try harder just to be proved right, we're doing the exact same thing. We're doing it so others can see us. Uh, God knows that I'm a hypocrite. God knows that you're a hypocrite. God knows that we go about our life lying and giving half-truths just to make us seem better, feel better about ourselves, feel better about our our, our our options or feel better about our actions. God knows this. God sees us in the secret place. Nothing is hidden from him. And really the only escape from hypocrisy, really the only way that we can solve the problem is through honesty. Honesty with God and honesty with our neighbor because God knows everything already and he knows that you're out there 
just feeding these lines of BS to your friends, to your family. He knows, he knows that I do it. He knows that you do it. The only thing we can do is be honest with it. You see, the world, they're going to they're gonna hurl accusations about hypocrisy at us. And almost all of those accusations are deserved and true. But there's no solution there. There's no change. There's no growth. And so if we listen to the voice of the world, we're just going to try to keep faking it. We're just going to try to posture ourselves so that we seem better than the other guy, so that we seem a little bit better than we actually are. If we listen to the voice of the world, hurl these accusations, these true accusations at us, we're not going to grow. But if we listen to God, he does something else. He says, I know you're a hypocrite. I know you go through your life lying. But I've chosen you, and I've said yes to you anyway. We hear forgiveness. And what this forgiveness does, what this, what this honesty does for us, is it allows us, instead of trying to hide and make ourselves seem better, it actually allows us to walk in freedom where we can boldly move forward knowing that we're going to fail, knowing that at some point today, I can pretty much guarantee that at some point today, maybe it might even be just compulsively, I will lie or make myself seem better about something than it actually is. At some point today, that will probably happen in my, in my life, and God already knows it, but Knowing that God has chosen me, knowing that God forgives me, I can run headlong forward into that sin and through that sin, knowing that I have to get up, dust off, confess my sins, hear of God's forgiveness, and move forward. And just try to do it better. And I'm still going to fail. Later today, it'll probably happen. Tomorrow, it'll probably happen. Tuesday, it'll probably happen but it allows us to move forward with boldness and with honesty so that when we catch ourselves in those moments, we can correct ourselves, we can be honest with our neighbors, with our family, with our spouse. We can be honest instead of trying to hide because there's nothing to hide from anymore. The only person that really matters, God, has already said yes to you. You're already valued. He says you are valuable. You are my child. I love you and I have given up everything for you. So there's no reason to hide. There's no reason to pretend. There's no reason to give the half-truths. And we're still going to do it. We're still going to mess up. And we have to just brush ourselves off and keep going. And this is why uh, Martin Luther, kind of in, in a tongue-in-cheek way, why he said, sin boldly. Right? Move forward with your life do your best knowing that you are going to run headlong at some point into sin. But we listen to the voice of God who says yes to us, who says you are my child, who says you are beautiful, you are beloved, you are valuable. So we don't need to be afraid we don't need to be afraid of what our neighbors, what our friends, what our family, what people on social media think of us. We don't need to be afraid of hypocrisy because we know that we're already hypocrites. We know that it's already the case. 
And so when people hurl those accusations, you say, yep, you're right. I am. I'm the worst one. We can disarm our own attempts at being better by being honest. And uh, at this point, I want to give us a moment to kind of close out this teaching. Um, I want to give us a moment where we can confess our sins. And I know that we did it at the top of this service, um, but it's easy for those words to just kind of be brushed over and it's easy for us just to kind of move through those words. Um, So I want to give us an opportunity here um, to confess our sins to God, uh, to to speak to him uh, and, and tell him of all the things we've done wrong. Because you're a faker, I'm a faker, and honesty is our only way out. So I want to give us a few seconds to be honest. Um, To be honest with God, he already knows all the things you've done. He already knows what you're guilty of. He already knows what you've said and done to make yourself seem better than you actually are. So there's no reason to hide. You're in your homes or you're wherever you are, but you're probably uh, with just you or a few other people. So you're in secret. You're in a private place. Um, This is an opportunity for you to speak to God to confess your sins. Um, so let's just take a few seconds to do that and then we'll, we're gonna hear um, of God's forgiveness. So at this time, I just invite you to confess your hypocrisy to God and to confess those things that you've done that make you seem better than you actually are. Let's take a few, a few moments now. Lord, we recognize um, this morning that we are hopeless hypocrites. Lord, we all recognize right now that we um, go through our day telling half-truths, telling half-lies, positioning ourselves just to make it seem like we're a little bit better than we actually are. Lord, we do it to you. And we do it to the people around us. We try to hide our mistakes. We try to hide our failures. We try to hide our insecurities. We, big or small, it doesn't matter. Lord, we do this. We recognize right now that we do this. Lord, we're grade A hypocrites. And I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry for all those times that I've tried to make myself seem better to this congregation, to my wife, to my family. Lord, I'm sorry when I've hid things that I've done wrong. 
or found, found excuses for the things I've done wrong. Lord, I'm sorry for using you, for using your scriptures, for using prayer as a way to hide from my own unfaithfulness to you. Lord, all those who are confessing our sins together, Lord, we are so sorry. And we repent. We don't want to do those things. I don't want to do those things anymore. I don't want to lie anymore. I don't want to pretend anymore. I don't want to act anymore. I want to be different. We want to be different. We want to be transformed. And so, Lord, I ask for your Holy Spirit to give us the boldness to be honest, to give us the boldness to move forward in freedom, Lord. Help us be honest with you and with our neighbors, with our spouse, with our family, with our coworkers. Lord, help us not hide anymore. Amen. Um, in Matthew 18, Jesus gives the disciples the authority to forgive sins. And he says to them, whatever you forgive will be forgiven. And whenever you withhold forgiveness for anything, it will be withheld. That's actually something he gave to the church to do, is to forgive sins and to withhold forgiveness. And, um, and so by that authority, um, that's something that, that our pastors do all the time, but it's not just for pastors, it's for every believer. But by that authority that Jesus gave over to the church, to us, I forgive you of all of your sins. Jesus has died for you, and God has said yes to you. That's it. There's no reason not to be honest. God forgives you, he loves you, and he has said yes to you. So move forward in boldness and in honesty. Let's pray. Stay